Recorded live. What's going on, Justin? Hey, not much. How are you? Uh, doing all right, doing all right, man. Yeah, I forgot to tell you tomorrow. Yesterday it wasn't going to work out because of that Cavs game, um, but uh, I think yeah. you figured that one out. So I appreciate you uh, uh, hitting up this morning so we could get it done today here. Yeah. Um, anything that we – can we – you think it's anything there? I was watching some of the race because the Browns were stinking it up. Um, so mm-hmm. I actually flipped over to watch the race. One of the big things they were talking about is the three wide and how the guys were trying to work in teams even though at this juncture you don't really use teamwork that much. Did you say right. anything they, there? It was more like the manufacturers were working together. and You know, it's Talladega, so they'll, they'll all race three wide, four wide. It's just everybody getting as many spots as they can, really. But, yeah, mostly the manufacturers were working together. And, and teammates obviously will help each other, but toward the end, that kind of all goes out the window. All right. What else should we be hitting here? Uh, I don't know. What, oh, the next the next elimination race is coming up this weekend. It's at Kansas. So yeah, the Hollywood Truex, 400. Yeah, Truex will probably be the favorite, so... So yeah, those those types of things, I guess. Um, you know, and then I think they still, they do Martinsville right after Kansas. So we're getting down to it pretty much. Did Jake ever get back to you on Martinsville? My bad, man. I went to ask you just the last time we talked. No, I never heard anything. Okay, I'm sorry, man. Like the issue is that you have to be bonded to be, you know, covering and be on the track and be where the uh and be um where the gates are. You have to be union bonded. So they have a, for, um, for, um, liability in case something uh-huh. hits you or something like that, that they, you right. know what I mean? When you have access as press. So that's what they were saying that uh-huh. it doesn't matter where you, where, however, that's one of the things you need to get. That was the only thing you needed to get credential standing in our way. So, um, uh, for health, for health insurance purposes. So right. that was the whole thing. You had to be insured. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, that's no problem. Um, I kind of figured they they were were like that, but uh, yeah, I asked the people at North Wilkesboro Speedway if they allowed visitors, and they're like, no, because we don't trust any of you. I'm like, oh, that's that's nice, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, people, you know, vandalize it and probably steal parts yeah. on the track. Yeah, it's just not good. Yeah, you know, it's not worth taking that chance, and then yeah, exactly. Right, or somebody right. does something even worse than that, yeah. So. Right. Give me one more second here. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm ready to go, man. Okay. With an Ohio Bias presents NASCAR Talk with Justin Bradley. Uh, episode 11, Justin, and uh, man, you almost had called it and almost worked out for Dale Jr. down at Talladega, but sadly, he did not win. Welcome in, Justin. Yeah, but he definitely had a few good breaks go his way. He avoided a lot of wrecks they probably should have been in. And it's just Talladega. You know, that's the gamble that you take. You know, anything can happen. Anybody can win. But Keselowski pulled it out. And Junior was close, but not quite. Yeah, Jamie McMurray had a little bit of a, <laughs> a big deal to do there, too. 
Yeah, that was really bizarre. And, again, that's not really Eric Jones' fault. That's not really anybody's fault. It's just a racing thing. McGrory was just so high on the racetrack trying to get onto pit road. And that's the type of thing about Talladega is pit road there is a little bit more sketchy than most other tracks. And, you know, you're either coming or you're not. And the guy behind you doesn't know that. So if you just slow down abruptly, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And that's what happened to McMurray. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong decision. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to, of course, talk, you know, about the playoffs and get into uh, previewing the big race at Kansas, the Hollywood 400. A um, couple more things, Justin. You know, we were talking off pod. Um, you you were telling me, you know, everything goes there. I mean, I was, I've switched over from the terrible Browns game because we knew the result that was going to be there to see some real competitive effort and uh, NASCAR definitely delivered. Uh, cause I saw some three wide and, uh, almost everything I could imagine a race could provide down there at Talladega. Yeah, it's Talladega. And that's a lot of the reason why fans pack it every year is they like to see that kind of action. And you pretty much only get four chances a year to see them race in close pack like that. Daytona's not really as aggressive as Talladega, and Talladega a little bit wider, a little bit bigger than Daytona, so they have a lot more freedom to move around and race a little bit harder there than they do at Daytona, but I thought for the most part the action was great. Uh, A lot of wrecks, obviously, that's a lot of what people expect at Talladega, and to see all the top guys pretty much get taken out in wrecks, that was a little bit surprising to me, but You know, that's the chance you take. Like I say, when you go to Talladega, anything can happen. Anything can ruin your chance at a championship and a victory. So it it can also work out in your favor. For some guys, it did, like Brad Keselowski, but others not, like Chase Elliott, who once again seems to just be the Buffalo Bills of NASCAR. He always comes short of victory lane somehow, some way. One other thing that was uh, pretty, you know, one of my uh, one of my other casual observations was uh, teamwork was paramount in some of it, like you know guys trying to get some position. I mean, it wasn't a lot of opportunities for drifting and things like that, so the passing was you know uh, at a minimum. But um, we, you, you told me it was more not just teams, but uh, manufacturers putting it together a little effort out there. Yeah, and we saw them all sticking together. Toyota and Chevy kind of hung around each other, especially when it came to pitch strategy and. You had the Fords up there in front. Logano was pretty much trying to win the race for himself late, but he also did help Brad Keselowski get around Newman at the end. And that was a case for Junior and Ryan Newman. They didn't have any teammates in those final few laps, so they pretty much were sitting ducks. For Ryan Newman to hang on as long as he did up until the white flag lap, I thought that was tremendous out of him. He just really drove a great race, and you don't really see Ryan Newman up front at Talladega too often. But for not having a teammate up there, thought he did pretty well. Thought Junior hung in there pretty well late. I don't understand why Casey Kane didn't go with him, but then again, Casey Kane didn't really come on strong until those last two laps. It it just kind of turned into a free-for-all, and that's what you expect. They'll work together to a certain point, but when they get inside five laps to go, forget about it. It's, It's every man for himself. Was it surprising to see Trevor Bain get a good finish there? No, not really. Uh, Trevor Bain won the Daytona 500 in just his second cup start back in 2011, so he's pretty well been pretty good at the plate tracks. And Stenhouse, remember, won two of the plate tracks this year, so not surprising to see the Roush cars up front. Trevor Bain actually has had a few good runs this year, 
he just doesn't really get the credit because, again, he doesn't run up front enough to get it. But for him to have a third-place run, especially after he hit the wall, that's that's pretty impressive driving by him. So really good effort for the six car. And I think that's something, if you're him, it gives you a lot of confidence going into the last few races and even next year. All right. We look at the standings. I mean, it's still bunched up from Jimmy Johnson all the way up to uh, Brad Kowalski. I mean, we're talking less than, you know, uh, 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 less than a 40-point difference here. Um, but especially from, you know, 4 through 8, 89 to 74, Jimmy Johnson with 3,074 points and. You know, Kevin Harvick with 3,089, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney. I mean, who are we looking at here as we get down to this final four? Or do you think it's pretty cemented for Harvick, Larson, Kozlowski, and Truex? Well, Kozlowski and Truex are definitely into the next round. They're going to be in that round of eight because they won the races. As far as everybody else, Chase Elliott had a chance, like I said, to really put distance between himself and everybody else, and he blew it. So he ran into Daniel Suarez. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It wasn't Suarez's fault. Definitely was Chase just trying too hard to get something out of nothing. Probably should have been more patient. And then you look at Jimmy Johnson. He was caught up in the wreck. Uh, Kyle Busch was in the wreck. I think Kyle will be fine. Kevin Harvick will be fine as well. The guys I would say need to worry are Kenseth, Blaney, Johnson, and I believe Chase Elliott right now because even though he ran strong these first few races in the playoffs, you know, that kind of – that definitely hurts. I think that's a momentum killer for Chase, what happened at Talladega. So those four guys are in serious trouble. And also Jamie McMurray. I think Jamie's definitely not going to make it to the round of eight now. I don't think Blaney will. And I also – it's a toss-up between those other guys I mentioned. I think maybe Kenseth and Johnson – We'll probably get by, but we'll have to see. Kansas pretty good track for those guys, so I expect Jimmy to run well and make it to the round of eight. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't, so it could go either way at Kansas. All right, let's get into this, talking about the Kansas Speedway. 1.5-mile tri-oval track, a little bit different here. Uh, what can we expect in Kansas City? Well, you can expect Martin Truex to run up front again. You can expect Kyle Busch to run well. Even though he hadn't had very good luck to start his career at Kansas, he's run a little bit better there lately. I think Jimmy will be a factor. I also think Chase will bounce back. I don't think he'll win, though. I really would like to see that happen. But at this point, he's had so many things just keep him out of victory lane that I don't see him winning at Kansas I would look for Kenseth to run up front as well. It's been a pretty good track for him. So the usual suspects will be up front. Kyle Busch will be fine in terms of the chase, or the playoffs, I should say. We don't call it the chase anymore. But I look for Martin Truex to, again, be strong and probably win the race. Yeah, Martin Truex run in May. Um, and uh, we know Kevin Harvick won there last year, and so did Kyle Busch. So uh, all those guys you just mentioned. Uh, would Joey Logano be a dark horse with that 2015 win he had there? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think Joey will be solid, and, and he really needed a good run. He's just had a terrible season, which is kind of weird, considering how well he's run these last few years. But I don't think he'll be strong enough to win. Keselowski doesn't need to win. He'll be in the top ten somewhere. But, again, I think they're all going to be chasing the 78 car again, whether they like it or not. Uh, give us a couple of good memories or something that sticks out to you about, you know, uh, the raceway, the Kansas Speedway. Um, Not really too many great ones. I've never really been a fan of Kansas. I feel like it's just another cookie-cutter track that 
is kind of just there because it's in a bigger market. And that's fine. I understand they need to get a wider audience. But, again, Kansas just has never really been my favorite racetrack. Now, we have seen some good finishes there. Joe Nemechek and Ricky Rudd in 2004, that was a pretty good finish. I like that. Those were two guys who kind of on their way out of the series who wanted to make a statement with maybe a final win there, and it turned out that Joe Nemechek was just a little bit better at the right time and nipped Ricky Rudd there at the finish line. So that that's one finish that I recall. I also remember Greg Biffle running out of gas uh, in the under caution on the last lap, and people getting upset thinking that, well, we should be able to pass him even though he was still running. And they credited him with that win. I think one of the guys who was mad was Jimmy Johnson, of all people. And nowadays you don't hear Jimmy get too outspoken, but it's it's funny to look back on how he was early in his career, and he definitely was uh, fired up about losing that one. So those are just a couple of things that stand out about Kansas. Again, not really one of my favorite tracks, but you will probably see at least one hard wreck, which kind of sucks. I mean, I know a lot of people like to tune into NASCAR to see if folks will spin or whatnot, but Kansas, you know, guys have had some pretty hard hits there. It took Sterling Marlin out, broke his neck in 2002, and Dale Jr.'s had a couple of hard hits, Kyle Busch, and remember that big wreck with Danica and David Reagan in the spring race. So, good grief. It's it's kind of a, a dangerous racetrack, in my opinion. It's one of the reasons I don't really care for Kansas. Well, all the racetracks can't be royal, uh, and we know Kansas City and that baseball team there, so there you go. Uh, Justin, you've been having some fun, man, digging out some of those uh, diecasts, man. Give us a quick update on that, man. We've been seeing it on the Twitter feed. Yeah, I just I found a lot when I went home to visit family this weekend, and, you know, again, I've been finding some really good new ones, too, and, and that's kind of something I like to do is collect Hot Wheels cars and the little 164 scale cars. I have a bunch of them sitting out right now. Uh, One of the good finds that I found was actually the Kyle Larson 2017 diecast. You won't really see them that much in stores, but there's been some issues, and I think some fans will pick up on this who who know about it, with some Larson diecasts in the past, whereas you see how the car looks on television. The coloring has kind of been off when they produce it as a die cast. But this one that I got from Walmart just a few days ago is spot on. I really, really like that number 42 Target die cast. And also, if you've been wanting the new Toyota Camry bodies, they have three cars out right now, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, and Matt Kenseth. So those look pretty sharp as die casts too. And, and again, I found an old Mark Martin die cast I really like, a couple of old Jeff Gordon diecast from his championship year, and and they're still actually mint, which is pretty awesome. So I don't think I'll ever open those, but you never know. It just depends. If they're worth a thousand dollars, yeah, I'm gonna keep them in the package. But it, it'd be hard for me to sell these things. They're like my my Ninja Turtle action figures. I like to to keep those, and you know, they're, they're just to be something fun for maybe you know one day when I have kids, the kids can look at them and say, boy, those those are some neat toys y'all had back in the day. Yeah, but they probably won't be able to open the package then either. So, I, yeah. <laughs> well, some of them are, are are out of the package, and and that's fine. But you know, some of the cars I would recommend you keep in the package right now. If you buy a Truex diecast or even a Larson diecast, I I would not open those. I just wouldn't just wait till the season plays out. So, before you break those out. 
And uh, as your prediction, uh, or one of the favorites here for that Kansas Hollywood 400, Martin Truex, uh, probably looking to win another one here and uh, keep rolling as he goes to finish up the playoffs here. Uh, Justin, we're going ahead and uh, close out the podcast, man. Uh, we talked about that Twitter feed. Make sure people know where to find you on social media. Yeah, I think it's one Justin Bradley is what I have it set now, and Justin Bradley 48 for Instagram. Again, pretty fun stuff. And anytime you have any questions about diecast, I'll be glad to answer those because they are. There's been some people asking me about them, and I'm always glad to tell you what kinds you should look out for. Some of the ones that are hard to find, where you might be able to find those. So again, diecasts are a big thing for me, and and actually it's kind of fun to to talk about them because I don't really have an excuse very very often to do it. But you know. Uh, you have any questions, just let me know. I mean, I'd be glad to tell you what kind of diecasts are out there that you might want to be collecting. No, it's very cool, and it's something that we definitely be talking about during the off season. So it's something that gives a couple other subjects for all the NASCAR enthusiasts out there. Uh, we will uh, definitely talk at you guys next time. I don't know, put the other end on it. But, yeah, I do. I meant to tell you that before we started the podcast. I wanted to ask you about the diecast, so that was pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's no problem. I, yeah, well, there's there's plenty of them I've been finding. So I think, uh, oh, man, one of the ones that I'll talk about in a future podcast is uh, Dale Earnhardt's last, one of his last major race cars. It was when he and, and Dale Jr. and Andy Pilgrim drove in the 24 Hours of Daytona. I have the diecast Corvette of that, oh. which is really, really a good-looking car. Uh, and then, of course, I have some of these rare California Customs Hot Wheels that were my uncle's, and he didn't want them, so I took them. <laughs> he was uh, he was always into Hot Wheels, but he beat the crap out of some of them. And I was always – I like to play with him, you know. And he just um, – uh, he didn't beat the crap out of the California custom ones, which is actually kind of surprising to me. So I'm glad I have those. Um, if you ever want to help me with the like, what the name the episode or all that stuff, man, just send it to me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't care. I just try to come up with it on the fly after I get done episode. I mean episode after I get done editing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like it's not like I'm. Uh, you know, I'm all. I'm any input you want to give, man. I, mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I, yeah. I, let me say that I, I, I will definitely use it. I, I don't know how to say it, but, right? Because um, uh, well, like this one, I'm thinking right now in my head uh, is Kansas NASCAR's most dangerous track. You know, yeah, I try to get a little provocative. You know, so I don't know if that's too much, too far to go, but you know. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's NASCAR's most dangerous. It's just uh, it's 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 a weird racetrack. It's a challenging weird, it's track. Very, challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird, you know, challenging, but weird or challenging. I could go with weird. Weird sticks out. Yeah, Yeah, weird, strange. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. NASCAR's most strangest or strangest track or weird. And and it has been a really strange playoff race. I mean, just some weird stuff has happened there. But another thing, I think we can. How about about, spooky because of Halloween? Ah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah, spooky. Another thing it gets I weird and spooky can... in Kansas, especially this time <laughs> of year or something like that. Yeah. But, like, in future podcasts, I I noticed that there's these guys who do sim racing, but they design – they all they do is just design cars. And they found a way to realistically take past paint schemes and put them on new bodies. 
and one I'm looking at, what I have actually is my desktop background on one of my computers is uh, Dale Sr.'s car is a, is a Gen 6 car, which is what they're running now. So it looks pretty sharp. And, uh, yeah, I want to yeah talk about some of those guys and their work. And, and I think it's, it's really neat how they do this because I'm trying to find out how to design my own. Just to let's let's interview them. Yeah, like we can interview people too. We just, yeah, you know I'm saying we can call them up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So just think about yeah. that in the future too. Like, I mean, as soon as the playoffs are over, we can go into that, and you can yeah. ask them. You can just ask them the questions you want to ask on the podcast, and like get the information yeah. you want. <laughs> you know uh, yeah, like I'm saying, like I want to find a template so I can design one of my own to see like what would my race car look like so we'll, yeah, no, that, but that's the question i would ask it's like hey if oh, somebody yeah. wanted to start out what you guys are doing or you're like how would a novice person who wanted to design is there a template is there somewhere that you could you know start them out where they could uh make something like you guys do you know what i mean well, like I you just ask that kind of question and you know people i mean you know people love to talk about that kind of stuff and people really don't ask that much about stuff that people are really passionate about that's a little niche niche is good yeah. for pi- i just i like just spoke well i was supposed to speak to ohio media school but i was talking to another buddy of mine that does pa- podcasts and like the more niche stuff that we can talk about the die cast things like that mm-hmm. you'd be surprised man because that'll grab five folks and those five folks we'll be hardcore listeners and come back and listen rather than, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the more specific stuff we can talk about is good, man. It's real good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll talk to some of my NASCAR friends on Twitter about their, their stuff that they do. And, and we'll, we'll definitely go from that. Yeah. So, Cause okay. yeah, that's going to definitely keep the podcast alive in off season. That's what I've been trying to think about too, you know? So, right. yeah. All right, man. It's good stuff, and for once, I don't go to the gym in the evening. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, all right, uh, man. Well, we'll get this one rolling here. Uh, I, I I should be able to turn it around, but if not, it'll be Thursday around twelve o'clock. So, I mean, I try to get them uh, out. Be like, you know, Thursday at the afternoon is the latest. If I get back, you know, what I'm saying in the afternoon, evening. So, but right. um, so we at least get three or four days out of it. So, all right, good stuff, and we'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. All right, man. Later. All right.